in 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Of marriage, it's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader, I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. If I said it, then I meant it. I probably already did it. Consider it done. Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this championship leadership podcast. Hey, Bailey. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. Excited uh, today. We have Carly Hauk here with us from the, I believe you said that you're currently in uh, the Eastern Sierras. Is that I'm right? Eastern Sierras, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, beautiful country. She she got to share a little bit of where she's at and uh, looks amazing. Looks looks beautiful. Um, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, First question is championship leadership's the name of the podcast. What comes to mind for you when you uh, hear championship leadership? When I think of um, when I think of a champion, I think of a winner, but I don't really like to put people in categories of winning and losing because I think mm -hmm. we're all doing the very best that we can in the given moment. I, I like to think of it more as like how do we bring our best and whole selves to leadership and to the world and to our relationships that's that's what's coming to mind as you ask yeah yeah absolutely thank you i just love asking that question we always get very different answers from from our guests and and uh in the beginning i was like how many times could i ask this and really get a different different answer but it's it's been awesome to hear just the different perspectives from each person on that so thank you what um what tell us a little bit more about yourself and, and the path uh that you've been on in life and how that's kind of taken you to where you are today and, and what you're up to. I know you we talked, you you have a podcast, you're also in the middle of writing a book and and uh and so yeah, just share us a little bit about your path, your journey and, and what you're up to today as well. Great. Thanks, Nate. So about a about a decade ago, I started my leadership and development business. And the reason that I got interested in that is because my, my father was actually a, a stressed out lawyer and okay. he didn't really know how to cope with the challenges of work and home. And I remember him coming home and the way he handled life and work was actually very disturbing to me. And I knew that I wanted to find a different path of how to relate to stress and difficulty. And so I meditation practice when I was 19 and a lady never tells her age but that's been over 20 years now <laughs> and um, it's been a huge part of what 
I bring into my work, but it's also been just a game changer skill for me. And so this segues back. So my first opportunity to work with leaders and companies came from an HR professional um, at a company called Littler Mendelssohn. They're like a national labor law attorney firm and they had a office in San Francisco and I was basically teaching some meditation courses that I had developed and she got wind of that in San Francisco and said, can you help stressed out lawyers not be so stressed? And I said, oh yeah. (laughs) So uh, so she invited me in, I did a lunch and learn. I had like 40 stressed out lawyers. In an hour I taught them different tips to increase their resilience to stress. And it was fun, I made a difference. And I got paid well, and she wanted to have me back. And so I had never really seen myself entering into the corporate field, but I, I got started. And what became apparent to me very quickly as I started working with leaders and with companies is I've always had this kind of inner climate activist inside me since I was a little girl. And I always knew that to really support and protect the earth so that we humans can really flourish, the way through would be to really inspire the hearts and minds of men and women and non-identifying men and women who had influence and power to really prioritize people and planet first. And it felt like going through the doorway of working with companies and businesses was going to be the largest opportunity to create positive change in my lifetime. And so that's always kept me there. Yeah. That's the motivation. Talk a little bit more. It sounds like the fact that your father was a lawyer and and had some uh, struggles dealing with all the stresses and pressures of that kind of has been a catalyst maybe a little bit to to where you are today. Um, What were some of those things that he struggled with or that that really helped you on that path you know as you realize man there's something isn't right here as a a kid and and seeing that and having that model to you and and then trying to go out and kind of break that for yourself to to live the life that you are living and impacting others yeah thank you i notice i always feel a little hesitance answering this because i don't want to shame my father still growing and working on this but it is it is my truth. So dad, I love you. (laughs) And this is my truth. (laughs) Um, He, so there's different ways that we relate to anger, right? And so I teach a lot on emotional intelligence, emotional agility. It's a big part of the work that I do in the world. It's, it's in chapter two of my book. And so usually when we feel a challenge or a stressor, fear is our primary emotion. Whether we recognize it or not, we feel fear first because we're like, whoa, am I going to die here? Like we always go into survival mode, whether we're aware of that consciously or not. So fear is the primary motivator, but to protect the fear, anger comes in. So Mm -hmm. anger is the secondary emotion. And then usually what's underneath anger is sadness. And so I would always feel his fear. He's an eruptor. So we have different ways that we relate to anger and we can stuff it. We can, you know, be with it. And then we find the truth and love that comes from being assertive around boundaries and what works and what doesn't, or we can just erupt and it kind of like flicks out at people. 
right? Yeah. And we've all been guilty of this. Like we've all stuffed anger, put it like under our armpit, you know, just thinking it's going to hang out there and never come out. Right. That normally doesn't work. Because right. our emotions live in our physical body. But if we can learn to be with our feelings, all of them, because that's just part of being human. If we didn't have emotions, we'd be robots. We don't want to be robots, right? Maybe some right. people do, but I don't. Um, and every feeling has a lot of wisdom because it has a lot of needs underneath that are wanting to be expressed. And so his anger, I, I was scared of. And then I wasn't scared of it. And then I pushed back. You know, I had lots of ways for, for handling it. But what has been really supportive in that journey for me is to just welcome all of my emotions and to not make any of them wrong and to let them move through so that I can come into the deeper wisdom. And then I don't hurt anyone from lashing out or being silent, actually. Silence can have just as much of a detrimental impact as violence can, because when we're silent, we're not speaking up. We're not holding people accountable for hurtful or harmful behavior, and no change can happen. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, who are some of the championship leaders that have impacted you and in, in more so what what are some of those characteristics of these championship leaders and what is it about them that that maybe you've taken also to help model who you are as a leader today well the first leader that really impacted me at a very young age which is why i turned to meditation was his holiness the dalai lama and while that's a quite a big aspiration to get to i still have so much respect and honor for his path and the light that he shines in the world. And I've, I've gotten to see him, fortunately, a couple times in my lifetime. And when he is in a room, his energetic presence is very palpable. It's very felt. And it's, it's grounded. It's, it's loving. It's compassionate. It's playful. He has the most infectious laugh. And when I think of the leadership qualities and attributes that he puts out into the world, um, there's a lot of allowance for the messiness that we are as humans. And we're usually the hardest on ourselves. Yeah. You know? And the, that inner critic, if it's not befriended, if it's not checked, it, it, it turns outward where we're criticizing and judging others and controlling others, dominating others. Um, this can turn into toxic workplaces, unhealthy relationships. And so I think of the way that he shows up as a leader, as, as willing to be with those big emotions so he can stay grounded, he can stay present, and he can hold so much capacity for love and empathy and compassion. And his truth comes through. And the, the truth, you know, while we may not always want to hear the truth, ultimately, if it's done with kindness and with compassion, it leads to transformation. Yeah, thank you. That's, that's beautiful. I love it. Um, 
what is the vision, the impact that you, you want to make as a championship leader, let's say even in the short term here, moving forward for what you're doing, the people that you help, the message that you have, let's say five years from now? Mm, that's a great question. I've never been great with the five-year plan. <laughs> you know, I, um, I throw that out there, but, uh, you know. No, no, I'm just naming that. It's always yeah. been a personal challenge because as we can see in the disruption of our world right now, yeah. um, plans don't always go accordingly, no, right? Like, so, but the impact, I can definitely speak to that. And I was sharing a little bit about this before we hit record. So I'm a very strong believer that all systems are connected. Um, in graduate school, I studied industrial organization and health psychology. Industrial organization um, psychology is really learning about the system of change and how we work together in teams and collaboration. And then health psychology is the study of disease really in the prevention of disease of the human body. And so when I go into companies and I work with leaders, I really think of myself as a healer for people and for organizations. And I'm really assessing where is the dis-ease, disease? Yeah. Um, where's the imbalance? And so if, for example, a leader is really burned out and we have a lot of workers and leaders that are, yeah. then that burnout they can only give so much, right? They can, they can only have so much innovation and creativity and patience if they're up here, if they're not having a foundation of well-being and nourishment. And that trickles into the workplace, which can cause toxicity in the workplace, disease. And then you think about what's the product that they're putting out into the greater world? How's that impacting the planet? It all affects one another. So. The impact I want to have in my lifetime is to support this emergence that's already happening of leadership where we actually embrace more well-being. It's, it's about the team, you know, because we have a lot of big problems in our world that we need to solve. And it's not about like, I'm going to do it alone and I'm going to charge ahead, but it's, it's more about how do we bring everybody together to solve these big problems? How do we inspire and motivate and know that business can actually be a real platform for good in the world where we prioritize people and planet and profits just going to automatically come with that when our motivation is to do good in the world. Right. Yeah. Well, I love that. That's great. And that's an uh, incredible vision and impact that you're out to make. What would be maybe a, uh, a turning point or a, a critical moment in your life where, you know, had you, make, had you made a different decision in that moment, life would look very different. Obviously, you did because that has you where you are today. But, but I think there are, there's many of us that are in those moments especially right now. And it's a big moment. It's that fork in the road and, and the decision that's made is definitely going to impact what their life looks like moving forward. Is there some, is there a moment in time that sticks out to your mind that you can share with the listeners as we ask this question, frame it up? 
I love your authentic questions, Nate. They're great. This is what I do with my podcast. I like to get into the juiciness. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm watching the titration. We started in the shallow end and we're slowly going deeper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta, I gotta warm you. I'm a, a good bit. swimmer. <laughs> um, I mean, there's, there's so many, but when I, when I first. What's the started, one that's coming to your mind that you don't want to share? Okay, I'll share this one. So 2019 was like my 2020. I call it, can I cuss on this yes. podcast show? You yeah, can. okay. Yeah. I call it the trifecta shit show. Because <laughs> <laughs> there are essentially three things that happened in succession that just brought me to my knees. Um, I was in a relationship, a romantic relationship that... I'm not going to go into all the details here, but um, went horribly wrong. Mm -hmm. Really, really horrible, uh, traumatic. Thankfully, like I got out of that quickly, but the aftermath of that took about a year to transform and heal. Shortly after that happened, which was end of May last year, I had a big work contract that I thought was going to go through and it didn't. And I was relying on that for my financial security and stability. And then around the same time, my publisher basically told me after they'd accepted my manuscript of my book that the editor that I had working on it did not do a good job. Hmm. And I basically was told in July that I needed to rewrite the book or trim the fat. My book has a really message and there's a lot of science and there's a lot of really wonderful parts of it. But it was my first book. It was probably the hardest book I could have ever written, honestly. But it's what my soul wanted to write. And I've been writing this book for three years. And I thought it was going to be out in May this year. It wasn't. And it wasn't the right timing. So I basically had everything that mattered to me crumble. Um, like many people's lives are right now. Yeah. Like there was nothing to hold on to, but luckily I, I had a lot of savings that I could live off of. And I had this, you know, this point of like, do I give up on this book knowing it's going to be eight more months maybe of me rewriting this, you know, until we get it to where it needs to be. Um, it was, it was six months, yeah. but there was no question in my body that I was not going to continue to move forward with this book. Like it just, it felt like such a big yes. And yet I risked a lot to, to complete that. But I love this book. I love the message of this book. It's, it's my way of wanting to support humanity to wake up and to really transform the systems that are not working in our world so that we can have a workplace and a world that works for everyone. And I don't know how this will be received by the world, but I feel 100% that I put my whole mind, heart, body, soul into this, and I don't have any regrets. What's the name of the book? (laughs) My book is called Shine. Ignite your inner game to lead consciously at work and in the world. And it will be out on February 23rd, 2021. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you very much for sharing that story. I appreciate it. Thank you Um, for the question. 
yeah, and, and so good to, I'm so happy to hear that you, you did continue to decide to keep moving forward. So, yeah. What's, um, what, as we start to wrap it up here, what would be one or two things that if the listeners implemented today would help move their life forward today, what would those be? Hmm. Well, I feel like a lot of people right now are actually feeling a lot of feelings that they probably never felt before because there's so much uncertainty. I mean, day by day, moment by moment. And so the fact that I've had a meditation and a mindfulness practice for as long as I have has really been incredibly helpful. I mean, it it always has been, but I find it's a refuge even more deeply right now. And so every morning I wake up and I do yoga and I meditate and I get into my body first Mm -hmm. before I'm on technology. And it helps me ground regardless of all the changes that are going to happen throughout the day. And so if you don't have a meditation practice, or you don't have some kind of embodiment, like a practice of getting in your body right now, that is so important because all the feelings that you're feeling are discharged through the body. Um, You can't wish away anger. The more we think about it, the more it actually ignites. You know, we want to be in our body so we can feel it and let it pass. And that means we have to be in our bodies, which is different than being in our heads. And so there's a struggle now because we're on Zoom a lot. We're trying to stay connected even though we're disconnected. And so I would really encourage you to have boundaries around your technology time and try to find those breaks where you can be in your body, where you can move, where you can look outside a window, where you can really enjoy nature and find that refuge so that you can actually be with all the ups and downs with more groundedness, with more wisdom. And I guess I'll just say one other thing. The the mantra or the affirmation that I keep practicing, and I learned it a lot last year because there was no other place to go when all those things happened. Every time I tried to get up, like the first one happened, I fell down, tried to get up. And then the second one happened, I fell down. And then I was just like, I'm just going to stay down (laughs) and surrender to this. And in the surrender, you meet the present moment. It's not quitting. Surrender is not like giving up. It's, it's an active choice. But from the surrender, there's, there's clarity and there's wisdom of what's the next step. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Thank you so much for that. What, um, what are a few ways that we can find out more about you and what, you're, what you have going on and how can we follow you? Great. So I have a, a bi-weekly n- newsletter and you can go there by going to leadfromlight.com. So L-E-A-D-F-R-O-M-L-I-G-H-T.com. And when you subscribe to my newsletter, you're going to get a beautiful free workbook that's called Five Rituals for Rising. So it's going to help you really rise and ground through this time. But then you'll also have access to different tips and inspiration, and then the Shine podcast, where I interview leaders on conscious leadership at work and in the world, and they talk about 
the tools and practices that they are cultivating on the inside so that they can show up really strong on the outside. And I would love to have you come and listen and be part of my community. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for that. We will definitely get that linked up so that you can all find that easily on, a, uh, on the show notes here. And Carly, thank you so much for being here. It's really been awesome to be able to connect and, and uh, hear your story. So thank you so much. Nate, thank you so much. It's really great to meet you. And yeah. thank you for the opportunity. Your questions are awesome. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Ain't no five and no six. I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera. I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years of marriage. It's never been better than this. And we got three kids. That's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a